This is Roger with the Truth Radio, and we're sending Bibles to the world. Here's Michael with the Bible League. She didn't grow bitter, she grew bold. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. When I visited the Middle East, I met 19-year-old Aria, who would describe herself as a devout Muslim. She said, I read my Quran, I said my prayers five times a day, but when they brought no peace, she accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a Bible study. She would become a follower of Jesus, but her father, a radicalized man, beat her nearly to death, called the authorities to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they beat her, violated her, even pulled fingernails from either hand, but when they let her go, she did not grow bitter. She grew bold with others in her evangelical church there in Egypt. They have seen more than 300 come to Christ, but they're in a place where it's impossible to find a Bible. Roger? $5 sends a Bible, 100 cents 20. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or click the Bible League banner at ilovethetruth.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio here from Jacksonville, Florida, on Tuesday, uh, November 14th. I'm David Gray, along with my friend and SWAT brother, Brian Andrew. How are you, Brian? It's great to be with you. Doing fine today. Thanks. Great to have you. And uh, we are coming to you from a rainy Jacksonville, Florida. Doug is uh, away this week. Uh, Brad has also been traveling and uh, is expected back tomorrow. So we'll look forward to Brad coming back. And I think Doug will be in uh, next week. But Brian, always good to have you here. Craig got to be in yesterday. And uh, before we get going, I I have to give Craig a shout out. The please, proverbial please shout out oh, because yeah. he gets a gold star. Uh, ever since I've been involved in the radio program, and yeah. Brad tells me that this is going back to the day one of huh. uh, when Doug and Brad started uh, the program, there has been a piece of paper in here that has the SWAT radio uh, toll-free number and then uh, some information about the different stations that carry SWAT radio, right. the, the Facebook page, the Twitter page, the X page. And it's got a lot of handwritten notes, and it is the most dog-eared piece yes. of paper right, yes. you've ever seen. It's, it's six or seven <laughs> years old. I've seen it before. I know. So Craig was here yesterday, and we were talking about this, and Craig says, I'm going to do something about that. And he takes a picture of it, and he went home and, print, and typed up a new document with all that information on it and laminated it unbelievable so we have this yeah. brand new laminated sheet in here it's very high tech good <laughs> are you going to ask me on break to shine your shoes or what do i need to do to match you know <laughs> no i know not this at is all. great what he did uh, yeah, yeah so uh from now on when you hear you'd think by now i'd have the number memorized but when you hear me saying right i'll say it now call us at 844 we, we need to frame this, though, for Doug yeah, before we pitch it away. that's right. So, Doug, it, if it you're is, listening, yeah. Craig uh, or Brad, Craig has uh, gone above and beyond here, the call of duty and his uh, his filling in uh, duties. So, anyway, thanks, Craig. I'm, hopefully, he's listening and got to hear that. So, yeah. Anyway, how are you? We were. I know you're uh, absolutely on a, on a light note. There's a lot of heavy stuff going on in the world. We were talking about a little bit of it, but... Uh, I, I I know you're going through a, a rough few weeks with your Gators. It, I, boy, I have been. <laughs> I know it. And uh, Jags didn't make it any better Sunday. Oh. So, um, but I was, yeah, 
it's been a rough season, so we'll see how that finishes. Two more games. Yeah. Now, do you go to every home game? I do. Yeah. Or I'll give the tickets away. Right. But, but right. I'll be at that last one, and I know our listeners know which one that is. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say the acronym here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I, I have when I. It's funny when I moved here 25 years ago. We had neighbors that within the first week of us being in our new neighborhood, yes, ask us who our team was. And I said, uh, the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I grew up in a pro town and so right. I had to uh I had to get into it pretty quickly. And I had I had always liked the Gators. I liked Spurrier. Mm-hmm. And I better be careful here. We'll have a a, a mutiny on our hands. We might have some call ins. That right. would be nice, wouldn't it? That's yeah. right. And I always liked Billy Donovan because he yeah. played at Providence, which is a New England school, and I had Absolutely. always paid attention to the NCAA tournament and all that. So but but as of just not that long ago, my daughter was a, and it wasn't that I disliked the other Florida school, but that I won't mention for you, but uh, my daughter went there and then she worked there. Uh-huh. And so I've had to, yes, I've had to kind of well, adjust you, a little bit. You know, honestly, I lived in Tallahassee for 10 years, deep in enemy territory. <laughs> and both my boys were born there and it was um, a really good mm-hmm. quality of life there. Yeah. I, I, I really liked that quality of life yeah well it's funny I, I i'm embarrassed to say that prior to my daughter being there i had not been to a big time you know southern part of the country football game i had gone to the gator bowl once right. sure 15 years ago when it was like you know maryland and yeah iowa state or something like that mm-hmm. it wasn't you know any it, it wasn't it, it wasn't the true atmosphere of a true home game for a a preeminent you know uh program in the south but i when i went to a game in tallahassee just that experience of you know tailgating and going into the game and all the pomp and and chief osceola and all that sorry yeah sure sure now i'm mentioning specifics but anyway well i feel better knowing that your money went there at least so i'm glad to hear that yeah okay well we were talking brian too before we came on the air obviously a lot continues to happen with the situation in Israel and mm-hmm. between Israel and Hamas and that whole, and then in our country, uh, so much division seemingly. Um, it's really but, hard but, to watch the news and primarily, yeah. like we said, we've migrated to sports just as quick as we could because we need a little diversion, mm-hmm. it seems. And then we, we question, what do we do? How should we feel? And, you know, what actions can we take and, and what do our prayers consist of? You know, so <laughs> it is, I think, for many, many Christians, um, something that uh, that tugs on their soul daily. Yeah. Yeah, but some some uh, good news we were talking about at least seemingly yes. anyway yes. right about the uh, pro Israel rally that's right. scheduled that going on now I think maybe it, it, it just is. ended the, the, I think it was one to three bipartisan and when I saw the Speaker of the House uh, Hakeem Jeffries talking it was all Israel and um, you know the minority leader there that I mean that was great to see followed by you know other speeches you'd expect and and I'm I'm glad that we're we're having rallies, you know, for, for, for Israel. Yeah. And as far as you could tell, uh, I, I was reading a little bit yeah. about it online. I didn't see anything about there being any kind of violence or any problems that it was peaceful for the most part. I, I take it that's correct. It, well, yeah, I was, um, quickly, you know, eyeballing it. So I gave it about 15 minutes. Yes. But didn't see anything at that moment. Right? Yeah. Well, sure. that's great. Well, that's good news. And hopefully that will, you know, hopefully people are listening. I, th- I think that one of the huge problems we have these days is people's ideologies have become so divided 
th- there's no more persuading anyone or there's no more seemingly kind of right. conversation. If you're on one side, you're, 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 you're cemented in your ways. And mm-hmm. if you're on the other, you seem to be cemented. I, and I'm mm-hmm. talking primarily ideologically and politically, I guess, but yeah. um, there doesn't seem to be that true ability to have conversation and to have persuasion and, you know, it, I think it used to be, yeah, you, you always had the left and the right and Democrats and Republicans, but there was sure. a, there was some element of civility and there was some element of, um, you know, we can work together yeah, and we can listen yeah. to each other. And now it just seems like that, that is a thing of the past. Well, I'll comment on that quickly. I, you know, as I just said, living in Tallahassee, I came to not loathe as much that other team <laughs> and especially people and the fans and everything else. And even yeah. the coach, you know, yeah. uh, and so that's an example. I heard once, though, about D.C., to your point, um, when people were talking about this and this um, uh, this the sharp man, um, I'll leave his name out of it right now, said, well, you can't run the country two days a week. And we said, what are you talking about? And he made the quick point. He said back in the 80s even early nineties, people would come and live in Washington, DC and you get to know the kids and invariably your kid would be on the same flag football team mm-hmm. or basketball team as the opposing right. party that someone that disagreed with you, or you'd be playing in a tennis league and the same thing in DC. So the community there, you know, you learn to trust people mm-hmm. and that breed is starting to literally, you know, either die out or retire out. Um, but there used to be a time when people lived their weekends in Washington, D.C., and you could have some dinners, the wives would interconnect and everything else. And now the way it's set up, it doesn't leave much time for anybody to reach across the mm-hmm. aisle because the leaders on both parties decide the agenda and what you're going to do. Yeah, that's a great observation. And we know that, think about that in your own life, right? Yeah. How do you, you might have people that you're friends with that you disagree severely on right. certain things, but you can be friends because yes. you've had those other experiences exactly. with them and you've developed a relationship. But that's a great point. Maybe that's something that uh, people should take more to heart, yeah. right? Let's Absolutely. let's get to know someone personally. It's, it's a lot harder to, you know, be at each other's throats all the time if you know each other personally and, yeah. and, 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 and weekly, there's a group of uh, congressional leaders that get together and meet and study the, the teachings of Jesus. Mm. And that's an interdenominational thing, and and they do that. Uh, I don't I haven't heard any on the status lately, but it's that same group that will fuel uh, the organization for the uh, the national prayer breakfast, and and I've been to a few of those. And the president speaks, you know, and it's always a good time. But mm. um, I, I wonder how much energy really behind it, you know, on a weekly basis yeah. is going on. Yeah. Well, and I saw a similar story and kind of in the same vein and kind of fits a little bit with what we're talking about from Mark this week about uh, following Jesus. And, uh, yeah. you know, yesterday Craig and I got into the first part of that a little bit about our motivation mm-hmm. to follow Jesus. But the second point today that maybe you and I will camp on a little bit is the cost uh, of yeah. following right. Jesus. Sure. And I uh, saw a story, I guess Tim Scott dropped out of the presidential race mm-hmm. last night and um, made some, you know, Certainly, Tim Scott has talked in the past about his faith and yeah. and, and his his love for God. And um, I guess when he dropped out, in one of the statements, part of his statement was that he felt like he ran because he felt like God put it on his heart to run. Yes. And as Christians, we understand what that means. Yes. Right. And um, he's not saying he heard an audible voice from yeah. God, but right. he right. but in his prayer life and in his reading or whatever it was, he felt led to 
to run. And he made the comment, I didn't feel, obviously, I wasn't called to win this mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. but I was called to run. And, yes. and I understand what he means. Maybe he too. was able to bring certain things to light or, or you know, that, that will be beneficial or that God wanted right. brought out or whatever it was. But, of course, he's being, especially by one late night host, he's being skewered and mocked um, for the statements about God calling him to run. Uh, and uh, hmm. and just, um, yeah. and it just, and it's one thing, right, to mock Tim Scott, but the comments were, in my view, also mocking God. Well, they, they were, and it tells you what that uh, producer knows about the audience and about American people and how they would respond to it. So they wouldn't have done it if they thought they were going to alienate their audience. That's is, right. Which is a shame. That's right. right. Yeah. Yep. And, but just making comments like, um, you know, there's the famous uh, photo or poster that people have about, I won't get this exactly right, but about um, the, the, the person was walking along a beach, but they look back and they saw only one set of footprints. Yes. And the idea is that God's carrying yeah. you, carrying right. the person. Absolutely. And this, this late night host, uh, who's on CBS, by the way, yeah. uh, <laughs> said made you know made a play on a, a bad play on words on that poster and said something about oh he's going to talk about the poster of the footprints and when you only see one set of footprints that's where god shoved you into the ocean and discarded you or something like that uh-huh. and i read that and i thought you know yeah. that's that's not just a shot at tim scott that that's yeah. a shot at the, at god yeah. You know, it doesn't uh, look like I'm not missing out by not staying up late to watch these talk shows. You know, I can't, I can't watch them anymore. <laughs> no, I can't. I used to, I, yeah. I mean, you know, you think about somebody like Johnny Carson, right? Now I sound like I'm a thousand oh, yeah. years old, but yeah. Johnny Carson was an equal opportunity offender. And when I say that, yes. I mean, you know, he went after everybody. Do and, you know, my dad looked like Johnny Carson and in restaurants, people came really? and asked him really? several times wow. if he looked like Johnny Carson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's well, here I go. That's weird, wild stuff, Brian. I know. You, I, never, I, you never knew you were going to get I that I got to do my right. Johnny Carson semi-impression. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, just, you know, it's a reminder that even though we might, we disagree and, and, and we struggle to, to deal with uh, keeping up with things in politics, we are to pray for our leaders. And, yes. Uh, pray for Tim Scott, right? He, That's right. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this today, about the cost of following Jesus. And he certainly has gone through some of that in the last 24 hours so we are going to take our first break here on SWAT radio when we come back we're going to continue in our study of mark chapter one and we are wrapping up this week uh doug's uh, series of lessons on the kingdom of god and what that means and we're on part four today about following jesus we will be right back on SWAT radio come on back This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network. Palatka listens at 91.9. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brian Andrew, glad that you are with us today as we uh, continue our study in Mark. Brian, you probably noticed Doug has the Christmas music going here. I, I did the, hear the that. Lead-ins. Absolutely. And uh, we've been saying as we come back, sometimes, uh, I think, AJ, you, you let that play a little longer than we might normally play uh, lead-in music, and that's fine with me. That's a great version of that, uh, of that carol. That is a good one. Angels, we have heard a high, which is one of my favorites, so. Anyway, we are uh, in Mark, and uh, we are in Mark chapter 1. Uh, we've been in verses 14 through 20 for, for a few weeks now um, with a one-week break when uh, we talked about uh, kind of what the Bible has to say about the importance of Israel and the importance God places on Israel. Uh, but now we're back in Mark, and um, really we're on the last uh, kind of segment here about the kingdom gospel or, or the kingdom of God. And uh, just by way of a, a quick recap, um, you know, uh, Mark, it's, Mark itself, the gospel of Mark, uh, was the first, everybody pretty much agrees it was the first gospel written. It's Peter's, by all accounts, account of the gospel uh, as dictated to Mark, if you will, and it was to encourage Christians uh, in Rome, the focus being Jesus as as servant king, right? He came to serve, not to uh, be served. But Mark also writes about the kingdom of God and discipleship. And for the uh, regular listeners or folks that were listening maybe a few months ago, you may remember that we talked about a book called The Discipleship Gospel or the, or the, the Kingdom Gospel. And that book focuses on what did Jesus say that the gospel is? Um, you know, Doug talked a lot about yeah, the fact that that's right. there are a lot of gospel distortions out there, yes. that there are uh, many versions of the gospel that might not be intentionally distorted, but they're incomplete. And Doug himself even said it. I'm sure you and I, mm-hmm. I know I would agree, I'm sure mm-hmm. you would, that there have been times looking back on it now, knowing what I know, that I've unintentionally left yeah, things, right. elements of the gospel out Yes, in, in a presentation. And so we've been trying to that book is really good uh, about looking at what did Jesus himself say. And in this passage in Mark, um, it, it is introduced 
uh, and we'll read it in a minute, but it's introduced, uh, part of the introduction is it says that Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel. And so the words right after that, that sentence tells us that what he's saying there is in fact the gospel according to Jesus. And so the fact that Jesus is saying, here's how I'm proclaiming the gospel, our ears should perk up, right? Yeah. And does it surprise you that he doesn't start in Jerusalem? Well, yeah, I think that is surprising on on the surface, but yes, when we dig right. a little deeper, we understand mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, he he did a lot of things. We we've been talking about the the disciples. Eleven of the twelve were from Galilee, right? And Galilee was a, an area of Gentiles. It was an area of commerce and business, yeah. and yeah. Uh, obviously, a lot of the disciples were fishermen. Five mm-hmm. of them were from Bethsaida, yeah. And uh, but the the religious leaders in Jerusalem were corrupt. Right. Yes. And um, yeah. and so he goes to Galilee. But um, but anyway, we're going to you know, we talked about in this section and this is why Doug, I think, has camped on it for so long. In this section, Jesus says the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. So that's the first thing he says mm-hmm. about the gospel. Yes. Then he says, basically, because of that, repent of sin, believe in me, meaning yeah. himself, believe yeah. in the gospel. And then the last thing follow me. And that's what we're, we're kind of talking a little bit about, uh, this week. Mm-hmm. And so just again, by way of, uh, of recap, uh, part one of this, what, what Jesus says here in the kingdom gospel is that, um, the kingdom of God is at hand. And, uh, that's an interesting thing for him to say as the first thing he says about the gospel, right? You know, he doesn't say I'm the Messiah. No. Or he doesn't say repent first or believe first. He says the kingdom of God is here. And and we talked about the fact that the kingdom of God, God is sovereign. He reigns over everything. But we know that he's allowed uh, Satan to be the prince of the world, if you will. The Bible ta- calls him the power, the prince of the power of the air. And uh, he has a certain influence uh, in the world. We know that the world is sinful uh, after the fall. But God is in the process of restoring his kingdom. And I love, we talked about this yesterday. I love that image that when Jesus came, um, it's an invasion into enemy territory, right? God is restoring. And so the the kingdom of God means it's where the will of the king is obeyed and followed. It means any place where the rule and reign of God is occurring. He's saying that king is here, you know, uh, euangelion, right? right? And we, as Doug did a fabulous job, you know, Typically, the, you know, pronouncements from the town herald or whatever would say, hey, we have a new king or a new emperor or the king has a new child, you know, or, hey, we are victorious in war. So mm-hmm. it'd be reserved for really special announcements. Yeah. And here Jesus is saying the king is here now. Right. And and then now, as you point out, what's what's the what's the obligation uh, of, of, a, of a king of Jesus setting up his kingdom mm-hmm. and That's his subjects? Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and and I, I, when Doug talked about that, about the Evangelion being used to announce basically three things, like yes. you said, the birth of a king, the coronation of a king, or yeah. a major yeah. military battle. Jesus accomplished all three of those things. He right, did. a king was born. Right, and I love that. I never, I'll never think about angels we have heard on high the same mm-hmm. way again. Yes, it's the only, as far as we know, right, the only Evangelion that was announced by angels, Yeah, right? The king is here. The king is born, announced by angels, not 
by a messenger of a human king. Right. I think that's so cool. I'd be curious to know from some of our uh, listeners, if they want to call in, you know, when, when you accepted Jesus, you had him as savior, that's probably for sure. And that may have been the predominant message. Or did you also understand what Lord meant when you had Jesus as savior and Lord, Lord or King? Um, and maybe, maybe you did. If so, love to hear either way. If you get a chance, what's mm. that number again? <laughs> oh, I'm reading from the old one now, the old piece of paper. It's eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Yeah, and that's a great question and, and point, Brian. I think a lot of us can relate to. Um, you know, I had somebody talking recently about a- accepting God when they were. You know, my friend Brooks saying mm-hmm. he accepted Jesus when he was eight because he didn't want to go to hell. Right. You know, he heard about that, and yeah. and that's certainly a big part of sure. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> the gospel and, 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 uh, man, we'll talk maybe a little bit about that when we talk about, uh, the motivation to follow Jesus. But anyway, moving on that, that from, so we have the kingdom of God as the first element. And then part two of the kingdom gospel was talking about repentance. Jesus said next repent. And we talked and you, you taught on this. We had a great yes. SWAT yeah. study the day that you taught on that. We had great discussion Yes, where guys were, really talking about repentance and, yeah. and yeah. actually being specific about repenting sure. of certain things. I thought that was a, and that that's one of the great uh, advantages of being in community is you can have it, discussions like that. It, it, it is. And to the listeners here, you know, I felt the need afterwards to call David and say, Hey, I wanted to repent of something. And so I want to tell another brother about what I need to repent of and the cleansing as a result of mm. that. And the renewal again, it's just so, so important in yeah. our Christian walk to do yeah. that. Yeah, and you can't do that in any other any other community no. really. It's no, gotta be can't. with other believers and, and, and friends and you know, you develop a a level of like you talked about earlier in Washington DC, people going out to dinner and doing right. things, you develop yeah. a level of trust yeah. in relationships and and uh but anyway, you did a good job that day of talking about what repentance is and what it's not, right? It's not just a change of mind about who Jesus is or a desire for new life circumstances, but it is a new life embracing the rule and reign of Jesus over our sin and, and over our lives. It's a, it's really a, I think the word actually, is it, is it, is it metanoia? Is that the word or do I have it? Teshuva is the Greek word. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, but it's a, it's a 180, 180 degree yes. turn. It's going yeah. one way and you turn and you're going in the other direction. One, an example, an example might be, you know, David, if I said, um, um, l- let's go to Los Angeles and, and we pick a date and everything and you go, okay, good. I'm ready to go to Los Angeles. I don't have to ask you, did you leave Jacksonville, you know, or are you prepared to leave Jacksonville? I know that you will be gone from Jacksonville. So that's the certainty of repent. Hmm. You don't say, are you going to go back there? No, you either repent the heart. You fully intend to go to LA, which means you fully intend to yep. leave Jacksonville. Yep. And now all your travel plans may not be booked perfectly. You may screw a few up, right? But just like in sin, but you're going to be in it and moving in the right direction with God to get to the right destination. Yeah. That's the difference. And that's a great point. That's a good word to use the right direction. It Doug says this a lot and I agree. And, and I think it's important to repeat it because I know at times in my life, I have felt like, even though I might've said, I know it's not perfection. I have felt like, or I have acted like it really needs to be perfect. It needs Mm -hmm. to be perfection. And if I'm not, 
then, oh, I'm God's through with me, you know, right. kind of a thing. Right. And, and, uh, and that's not the case. We, we, we will fight the sinful nature until the day we die. And, uh, you know, but, but Jack Turpin, a, a former pastor of mine and a guy that was on Doug's board used to say, it's good to say, you know, every six months or a year, am I a little more now like Jesus than I was a year ago? Absolutely. And right. uh, I think that's your point about going in the yeah. right direction. To know and grow. Those two action words resonate with me. Yeah. So it's a repentance includes a change of mind, you know, regarding my own self rule, uh, a change of heart, agreeing yeah. with God about my sin and, um, uh, and sorrow over my sin, right? Yes. Not, not just sorrow over getting caught Correct. or having my circumstances be lousy because of my sin, but a, but yeah. a sense of offending God. Yes. Um, I remember that there was one point I, I even still have it in my phone where I was just sitting there one day and I had all these thoughts about what my sin is like to God. Mm -hmm. And I just started putting words down mm -hmm. in my phone and I think, mm -hmm. you know, offensive, of, offended him, heinous, you know, um, my, I go ahead. I was going to say, my wife, you, that's a great to do that. We need to pause. And I thought in confession, I need to spend more time confessing in my prayer life mm. as well. And, and, uh, you know, we told, we told a small group angel did the other night about our dog that we love, but when he runs out in the backyard to do his instinct, chase the birds away, yeah. we applaud him. Yeah. But then when he dives in some of the poo in the grass, <laughs> we're not happy, but that's part of his instinct too. And so that relationship is tremendously disrupted. We mm. still love the dog, yeah. but he can't come in with that odorous smell yeah. on him. He's yeah. got to be cleansed and bathed anew. Right. Now he can't repent, so that's where this this analogy stops. Stops. But, but it is a good yeah. analogy. Yeah, it we is. got we got goo on us, you know, or poo on Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh -huh. I read one writer once who said he finds that he's a saint because the Bible says he's a saint. Yes. He's a saint with a tremendous capacity for beer. Yeah, right. <laughs> the kind of the two, uh, you could plug in anything, I guess, there other than beer, but it's that, uh, and hopefully the one side of us is increasing and the other yes. side is decreasing. Absolutely. We're going to take a break at the bottom of the hour here for the news on SWAT Radio. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question, and we will be right back on SWAT Radio. SRN News. I'm John Scott. More than a month after the October 7th attack by terrorist group Hamas on Israel, tens of thousands of people have gathered on the National Mall in D.C. for a march for Israel. Speaking at the historic event, actress Tova Felchu says she and others are concerned about the spike in anti-Semitism since October 7th. We stand here firm against global anti-Semitism. We stand here firm in confrontation of anti-Semitism here in these United States. We stand here to say enough. Belshew says the anti-Semitism displayed on college campuses around the U.S. must stop. Also at SRNews.com, Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell is supporting House Speaker Mike Johnson's two-step proposal to fund the government and avoid a shutdown. 
Correspondent Bob Agnew reports. With McConnell on board, it means Republicans present a unified front, putting pressure on Senate Majority Leader Democrat Chuck Schumer to go along. McConnell calls the bill a responsible measure that will, quote, keep the lights on and avoid a harmful lapse in federal spending, even as it gives lawmakers time to reach a compromise on the annual spending bills over the next two months. The bill does not include funding for Ukraine, a fact that's already drawing criticism, if not outright opposition, from some of McConnell's colleagues in the Senate. Bob Agner reporting. A charter bus carrying students from a high school was rear-ended by a semi-truck on an eastern Ohio highway in Licking County, leaving three people dead and 18 others injured. California Governor Gavin Newsom says a stretch of Interstate 10 in Los Angeles that was burned in an act of arson does not need to be demolished. Repairs taking an estimated three to five weeks. On Wall Street, the Dow had 492 points, the Nasdaq up 318. This is SRN News. This is Roger with The Truth Radio, and we're sending Bibles to the world. Here's Michael with the Bible League. She didn't grow bitter. She grew bold. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. When I visited the Middle East, I met 19-year-old Aria, who would describe herself as a devout Muslim. She said, I read my Quran. I said my prayers five times a day, but when they brought no peace, she accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a Bible study. She would become a follower of Jesus, but her father, a radicalized man, beat her nearly to death, called the authorities to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they beat her, violated her, even pulled fingernails from either hand, but when they let her go, she did not grow bitter. She grew bold and with others in her evangelical church there in Egypt. They have seen more than 300 come to Christ, but they're in a place where it's impossible to find a Bible. Roger? $5 cents a Bible, 100 cents 20. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or click the Bible League banner at ilovethetruth.com. There's major delays on the south end of town because of police activity on I-95 southbound before Old St. Augustine Road blocking the left lane. Also, there's a multi-vehicle crash on I-10 westbound between Stockton Street and U.S. 17 Roosevelt Boulevard blocking the left lane there. Cloudy with a chance of showers tonight, low 65. Wednesday, more clouds, more showers, high 73. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. caught there aj sorry i wasn't watching the light i was brian and i but brian and i were doing something valuable we were looking up the scripture passages so (laughs) (laughs) anyway welcome back to swat radio david gray and brian andrew with you and uh glad that you are with us we are talking about uh, mark and we're on part four this week of uh a kind of a series within a series uh right bob we get we're studying the gospel of mark but uh we're looking at this one passage in Mark that has uh, Doug's divided into four parts, uh, calling it the Kingdom Gospel, and uh, we're on. We've been reviewing, but we're on part four now uh, this week about following Jesus. And 
we were just talking about the first two parts, uh, things that Jesus says um, when he was proclaiming the gospel as he came into Galilee, but the first one being uh, the kingdom of God is at hand and therefore repent. And we've just talked about, about what that means and what it doesn't mean. And uh, the last thing we'll say about that, you, you mentioned this, and I know Doug has, there's, there's no Christian life without repentance. Right. right? Repentance That's is right. clearly a key element here, an essential element mm-hmm. um, of the gospel. And, and, and when we talk about repentance, you know, Brian and I were talking about this a little during the break. There is repentance unto life, right? This idea that when, we, when God regenerates our heart and we respond to Jesus— and we recognize our sin and we repent of our sin at the time that we are saved, right? Yes. But then we talk about a daily repentance. And I just want to be clear on that. I know we've mentioned this before on the program, but that that daily repentance is not because of a loss and a need to recover our salvation. Right. It, is a, it is a position of humility before God. It is, a, it is a position of understanding our sinfulness. It's a position of confessing sin to God to clear, for lack of a better way to put it, clear the air with God. It's not God needing to clear the air with us. It's us needing to clear the air with God and, and um, keep that prayer, that communication channel open. Doug, Doug has always uh, asked, you know, when he does questions um, that are application type questions, often the last question is, is there anything I need to repent of? Mm -hmm. Or is there any unrepented sin in my life that's keeping me from a full right. relationship with God. Sure. So I thought it was important to mention that, that our the daily repentance, I always think of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And Peter said, no way, you're not going to do that to me. And Jesus said, well, if you don't let me do this, you don't have any part of me. And Peter said, right. well, then wash my head and my hands and my yeah. feet. Yeah. And Jesus said, you don't need a bath. Right. You're already clean. Mm-hmm. You just need your feet washed once yeah. in a while. Yeah. And that's what I think, he, that's what this daily repentance is it's not that we're already clean in god's sight because of jesus yes but we still get dirty like like you were talking about with your dog (laughs) yeah yeah no no kidding and and confession i think uh, one thing it can do is uh is certainly make sure we don't have a prideful ambassador for christ out there doing damage because Mm -hmm. the pride gets in the way and people don't see the real reflection of jesus right that's a great point yep it's uh it's constantly remembering uh where we came from and, yes. uh, and where God has brought us and that we owe it all to him. So, yes. And then the third thing that Jesus said, and this was part three of this, was, was believe, right? And, and uh, that would be a, a complete reliance on and trust in Jesus, right? That we trust the euangelion of God or the gospel of God is that God forgives sinners through Jesus and takes them into his kingdom to be ruled and reigned over. You know, when Doug first started teaching this, and, and we were talking about this over the summer, thinking about becoming subjects in the kingdom of God makes the gospel, at least it did to me, a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. This is not primarily about my salvation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Although that is a wonderful and beyond words benefit, right, that, mm-hmm. that God does that. But, but he saves us from our sin— in order to, so that we can be subjects in his kingdom yes, and be working in his kingdom, right. as you said, be ambassadors for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that changes, I think, it changed my 
yeah. view of things. It, it made me realize how much bigger it is than just me. Well, let me add a scripture that sort of supports what you're saying here too, which is believing and and understanding what the works of God are, right? In John 6, uh, 28, as I recall, someone says to Jesus, what must we do to do the works of God? And we all want to know that answer. Boy, that's, that's powerful, right? But it's right. not preached that often. We occasionally may stumble on it. But for me, it's central what Jesus says. He says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one in whom he sent. And boy, isn't that the top of the pyramid right there, David, where if we believe, stuo or whatever the Greek word is, but just our actions align with our belief. If we believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior and King, then everything else about us will be in position to do God's work. Mm, That's a great point. And thank you for referencing that scripture. The work of God is to believe in the one that he sent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a great point. And and then, but, but all that believe encompasses, right? It's not just believe, uh, that he existed or believe that he was a good guy. It's believe right. in him as he is fully described in scripture. Absolutely. Right? Uh, fully man and fully God, Messiah, third, you know, second person of the Trinity, a creator. And you're going to read something from Colossians here that tells us who he is. But b- before you do that, I'll read. Uh, so today that brings us to this week, which is the kind of the last thing Jesus said in this passage of, in, in reaction to the his proclamation of the gospel, and that is to follow him. Um, so, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the de- that's the declarative statement. And as we go through Mark, we're going to see that there are three more declarative statements uh, about the gospel. But the first one was the kingdom of God is at hand, and the three imperatives or commands that Jesus gives as a result are to repent, yes. believe, right. and follow. And so I'm going to read Mark uh, 1, uh, 16 to 20, and then Brian, you're going to read a passage from Colossians, and then we'll read one more from Luke as we get into this aspect of of following Jesus and what that means. Yeah, let's so, go. So in Mark 1, 16, uh, it says, Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And now you're going to read from Colossians yes. 1. Yep. Yep. One fifteen, or we're doing a Yeah, 1 uh, verses 15 to 22. Okay. Happy to. Colossians 1, 15-22. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Mm. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, 
whether things on earth or things in heaven. Thanks. And I'm going to read one more passage, and these will all be related to our discussion about following Jesus. Uh, This is Luke uh, chapter 9, uh, verses 57 through 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So may God bless the reading of his word from these three passages. And so very quickly, because I know we're coming up to our last break. Now, yesterday, Craig and I talked a little bit about what does it mean to follow? And the, the word, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's like duete, or, mm-hmm. and it means come now. Come now, right? Mm-hmm. Don't hesitate. And Jesus, as we talked about earlier, went into Galilee to call his disciples. Uh, It's not the first time they had met Jesus. They would have been familiar with him because— Probably six months in between, roughly. They 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 would have probably been followers of JTB, right? That's right. That's right. And so uh, they were familiar with Jesus. And as we get into this uh, in our last segment, there's three key questions we want to think about. Why do we follow Jesus? What does Jesus mean by following him? And what happens as a result— of following Jesus. And so we'll be back to uh, talk about our motivation and a little bit about the cost of following Jesus after our last break on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, serving Kings Bay at 91.3. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look at the five and ten, glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door A pair of holly Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brian Andrew. And always, as always, reluctant to uh, interrupt the Christmas music. Um, but we are talking about um, following Jesus, the last part uh, of the kingdom gospel that Jesus 
talked about here in Mark chapter 1. And we just read some passages from Mark, uh, that, that specific passage that we've been studying, and then a passage from Colossians talking about Jesus' sovereignty and that he the, represents the fullness of God. Um, and then we read this passage from Luke uh, that's very familiar about um, uh, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to, to lay his head. And, um, and then uh, Jesus telling people, basically, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to follow. Don't hesitate to come into the kingdom. And so yesterday, Craig and I talked a little bit about what's our motivation uh, for, for following Jesus. And uh, we referred to the passage in Luke chapter 7 about the woman uh, washing Jesus, mm-hmm. coming in and uh, washing Jesus' feet, kissing his feet and anointing his feet with ointment and wiping her tears uh, with his, or I guess he, she anointed his feet and maybe his head as well. But anyway, the reaction of the Pharisee that he was dining with to this "quote unquote" right. sinner, right. and if she knew what kind, if Jesus knew what kind of woman she was, then he he wouldn't let her do that. Well, and add to that that she was wiping with her hair his feet with that mm-hmm. perfume and everything. So, so her face was down there by the nasty feet, That's right? right? And and the hair was a woman's prized possession, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that adorned her, right? So yep. certainly you wouldn't want to sully your hair That's or right. get it dirty. That's right. And the point of uh, kind of bringing that story up was that our motivation for, for following Jesus is first and foremost a recognition of our own condition, yes. our own sinful condition. Right. Um, and, and she was such a great example of that, uh, the contrition that right. she showed. She recognized that she was a sinner. And, and the contrast with the Pharisee who was very self-righteous actually in that, mm-hmm. in that situation and not recognizing his own condition, you know, comparing himself to her and thinking, Oh, I'm pretty good, you know, compared to her when the reality is we're all in the same boat, right? We're all yeah. uh, in desperate need. We cannot save ourselves. Uh, we are, we have this condition, this terminal condition of sin that we cannot save ourselves from. I love, the Johnny Cash song "Ring of Fire," right? That that yeah. the, the the idea is we have this ring of fire around us. We can't get out of it. We need to be plucked out <laughs> from above. Yes, and um, and so that's the first part of our motivation is that we recognize our own condition, um, and also a recognition, of course, of who Jesus is. It doesn't do us any good if we recognize our condition and then go to someone or something that can't save us. Right, but Absolutely. he can. Yes. And of course, um, he's the only one who can. Yeah. And he said so. No one comes to the Father but by me. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And of course, we know, we've talked about this many times, that that's a huge stumbling block for people, the exclusivity mm-hmm. of Jesus. It is. Yeah. And and people will say, oh, well, that's not fair. And I always, I always respond with, hey, you're right. God's incredibly unfair in our favor. You're correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if he were yes. fair we'd all be suffer his wrath, but instead Jesus suffered it for us. And so our motivation is a recognition of our own condition and a recognition of who he is, who Jesus is. He's sovereign over all things. And he's also uh, has all authority, but he's also full of mercy. And that's what you read from Colossians, right? That he's the the fullness of God. All things were created through him and for him. And, yeah. He, he is the one who will reconcile us to God. And and he went first as an evangelical pastor, is good at reminding me and others. 
he went first and sacrificed and did all that for us. So there, we should have feel some compunction, some obligation to do compelled to do something as not to earn our salvation because right. that's already taken care of, but to serve the King that so graciously, you know, uh, laid down his life for us. That's right. We do those things in, in that's a great point, Brian. We do those things in response Correct. and out of love for, for what Jesus did for us. Um, so, and then finally, the motivation is a recognition that only he can bring peace to our chaos. Brian and I, I Craig yeah. and I talked yesterday yep. about that. I'm not big on cliches and bumper stickers, but I like that one that says, no Jesus, N-O, no yeah. peace, right. N-O. That's right. No Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace. And yeah. that's that's true. He's the only one uh, that can bring peace to our chaos. And, and then, so, did, I'm sorry. I was going to say, there's go. no price tag on peace. I mean, that is priceless. Forget the commercial, you know, what you learned, but... That it's peace is priceless. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, that brings us to our second kind of point here, our cost in following Jesus. And I read the passage from Luke 9 that starts off with they were going along the road and one person said, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds of the nest, but I don't have anywhere to lay my head. So are you willing to do that? Then he says, uh, follow me to somebody else. Let me go and bury my dead first. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. I'm paraphrasing here a little. And then another said, I'll follow you, but let me first say farewell to those uh, at my home. And he said, no one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is right. fit for the kingdom of God. And so so these verses here in, the, in, in counting the cost of following Jesus in verses 57 and 58, that first part, it demands... Uh, the cost of following Jesus demands that we embrace our alien status, right? Yes. G- Jesus had nowhere to lay his head. And are we prepared to have that kind of alien status and not only accept it, but embrace it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a couple other passages here uh, along those lines um, from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 and 14. It says, uh, this is the chapter about the hall of fame of faith, if you will. And in verse 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Yes. What a cool passage that, that is. is. That, and, uh, that is. So this idea that we, are, and Peter talks about this, right, that we are aliens and strangers, uh, that this is not our home. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, that's a hard thing sometimes to to not think of this as my home, right? despite all of the issues, because it's what we know. And if we could train ourselves to think more of heaven and what that's going to be like, because right. that's our zip code that's today, right. where we're going to live in the future, it would be more tolerable, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's right. My, my parents have friends, I've probably mentioned this before, um, who, and they live, you know, where I grew up, Rockport, Massachusetts, Gloucester, Massachusetts, beautiful coastal areas, mm-hmm. sure. it's a lot of, lot of beauty there. And uh, that my parents' friends would go sometimes and sit in this particularly beautiful spot along the coast and, and, and think, maybe the Lord will let us live here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, the idea being that in the new heavens and the new earth, the earth won't be destroyed. It'll be renewed. Yes. And 
I hope there are oceans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope there are mountains. I hope there are a lot of the beauty, uh, beautiful things that we know because God created those and he said it was good. Yeah, there, um, there won't be any preachers in heaven and probably no attorneys to <laughs> arbitrate. <laughs> That's right. But but the point I was, I guess, they're making by doing that is it's a reminder. It's an exercise in reminding themselves about the reality of heaven, to your yes. point, right? Yeah. That that I don't do that often enough. You know, I don't think that way often enough. Um, so that's the first point about cost. It, it, it demands that we embrace our alien status. Uh, the second point found in verse 59 and 60 of this Luke chapter 9 uh, passage is that it demands that we exhibit unrivaled devotion. Uh, it demands that we exhibit unrivaled devotion, right? In, in verses uh, 59 and 60, it says, Jesus says, follow me. And he says, first, let me go uh, and bury my father. And Jesus says, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, I don't think Jesus is suggesting there that we can't take care of our family members. <laughs> no, not not at all. But this was a stall tactic. This was, uh, give me another 10, 15 years, whatever, and then I'll get my, you know, pers- my inheritance, right? Right. Because that's what, you know, uh, you would want as well. Yep. And and that's, that's not what, God's not going to be, he doesn't do second place. That's right. It's a very, very similar to other passages where Jesus says, you know, you, you, we must hate our father and mother or hate our family. He doesn't mean literally hate. He means they should take, they should be less of a priority. God should be our top yes. priority and our devotion right. to God That's right. should be our top priority. So he says here that we are to exhibit unrivaled devotion. We are to leave those worldly concerns, if you will, as a second priority or as a lesser priority. And do you think we can classify them as idols loosely? These are idols. Anything we're worshiping or Mm. giving affection and attention to and serving, you know, in a way, right? Yeah. And, and, and of course we tend to think of taking care of our family, doing things like that is a good thing. And it is, it is, it is. And God, it's God ordained, but not when it takes the place or takes priority over what God's calling us to do. So, we are to leave those things as secondary and proclaim the kingdom, and that's to be our high, highest priority because it was Jesus' highest priority. So, again, thinking about the cost of following Jesus, are we willing uh, to, to put everything um, uh, in, in second position or, or below the priority of following Jesus and, and proclaiming the kingdom? And then in verses 61 and 62, to wrap that up, uh, those verses demand that we exchange our past without reservation, right? When Jesus says, that's the one where the guy says, let me go to my home and say goodbye. And Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Uh, And so this idea that, um, you know, we, we don't look back. Paul says, right. I, I, like he's in a race, he forgets what's behind and he looks toward the finish line and strives ahead looking forward, yeah. not, not looking back. We can't, I, again, I'm not big on cliches, but there's this idea of, you know, we can't do anything about the past, but the future is what we decide to do. You know, what action are we going to take? We can, can, we have some control there. And I don't mean, you know, not, not, not uh, that I'm suggesting we don't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That we, we're not under God's control, but 
we can take action to obey God in the future. We can't do anything about our past. That, no, that's that's absolutely right. And, you know, take up the cross, right? I think in our minds, you know, there's probably things we ought to survey in our life to say, hey, what should I do? Um, be willing to s- sacrifice my myself or my relationships with others so that God would be glorified if those certain relationships are holding us back. Like we talked about destination, right? If you're going to get to the destination, you got to be heading in the right direction. And if there are some activities or something, you know, we need to shed that. And then we need to find out how God's going to use us and just pray that he would search us and direct us on how we can follow him, make ourselves available on that altar, right? On a daily basis, right? A living sacrifice on that altar. And we want to wiggle off, but that's what he wants us to do. That's right. That's a good way to close, Brian, on the cost. And we'll talk some more about that as we go through the week. I uh, hope you'll join us tomorrow. Brad will be back. I'll he- be here with him, Lord willing. And uh, as always,